from the basement of Ann Arbor, Michigan, it's the Siggy Lama Show, starring Sigmund Lamar. This episode, a new Blood Bowl sitcom, a recap of all the exciting Chaos Cup 2014 action, and many others. And now, your reigning podcast challenge champion... Sigmund Lamar! Well, hello again, everybody, and thank you for that warm reception. And welcome to this, the current episode of The Siggy Lama Show, episode number four, the 10th installment of our podcast. Amazing how far we've come for having so few actual episodes. And as the intro said, we didn't lie. We didn't lie to ourselves or to you folks. The reigning podcast champion. This deserves some reverb. The reigning reigning podcast podcast champion champion. for what what period of time until the next until the next podcast championship is held. That's I think that can happen anytime. Does that happen anytime any multiple podcasts are present at a single I don't understand how that works. I don't. I still don't know the rules, uh, but I managed to win, folks. I've got the trophy. Got it right here, thanks to Chance Kirchhoff of Three Die Block, who mailed it to me on his own dime. I gotta. I gotta send him a little something. Gotta send him a little, little thanks in uh, probably you know tournament dice form, seeing as he's a collector of those, and I'm not really, even though I got a bunch. Um, but here it is. It's it's right. It's my biggest uh, in terms of girth and height. Well, my dog bowl two first place trophy might have it in girth. Well, if you count the headphones, see it's got it's this kind of it looks kind of like this the Chaos Cup. I don't know where he got this. It's not exactly the the mold of the Chaos Cup, but it's very similar. It's um it's like a big chalice kind of cup with skulls going around it, and then the handles are like these demon claw bone things coming out of two of the mouths. And then it's got a bunch of little skulls going around the bottom. So it's very, very reminiscent of the Chaos Cup. And considering the Chaos Cup is where, I th- that's the tournament where the the, ca- the podcast challenge originated. That's, that's apropos. So a uh, very nice selection there. Um, whoever Whoever did that. And uh, it's all painted up, and then uh, it's got these headphones um, that go on the handles. None of these skulls have ears. I don't know if you ever looked at a skull. They don't tend to have ears. Um, not really sure who these headphones are for. I mean, they're obviously they represent their they're iconic of the act of podcasting. So. Not for the trophy's benefit so much as the beholders. Uh, or in this case, in my case, the holder of the trophy for my benefit. And I'm going to, um, I think my contribution to this trophy is going to be to attach these headphones so they don't fall off every single time you touch them. And uh, maybe replace this spike that broke off while it was. Uh, uh, in transit, apparently. So very, very proud to have that. And we'll have the full recap of uh, my adventures at Chaos Cup towards the end of the episode. But so much else to talk about and cover before we get to that. 
Um, I, I said that I think the podcast challenge will happen anytime multiple podcasts will happen. Uh, will be present at the same tournament. That's going to happen more and more just because there are more and more Blood Bowl podcasts flowering every month. Blood Bowl as a culture, I think, is reaching its adolescent stage. It's coming into its full flower. Um, a, a beautiful transformation is happening where uh, strange changes are happening to our bodies and uh, we're reproducing. We're, we're capable of reproducing, apparently, because we have produced, uh, well, how many, geez, I can't even, are we up to nine of these podcasts? Nine? I blew my levels up just by, with the number nine and it's probably not even accurate. Well, there were five president at Chaos Cup and then there's Orca Cola and then since Chaos Cup, uh, Bacon Wrapped, Skulls and Ones, they're actually, they uh, existed before Chaos Cup, although I don't think anyone um, th- that I talked to knew about it at that time. And then, um, since even since then, so what, we're up to, uh, geez, seven, and then there's uh, eight with the uh, NAF cast, and then the French one is nine. Yeah, nine. Funny how uh, the French one gets me to a, a German word for no. Which reminds me, when uh, on my one, two, my first occasion uh, to travel in Europe, I've been there twice. Went with my wife, like you should, um, who minored in French, uh, and so she knew some of the language, and she coached me up. I don't, I know, I studied a little Russian, but I just, motion verbs killed me. Anyway, so she coached me up a little bit on how to interact with uh, wait staff. Like that's kind of my minimal. Uh, and so in French and Spanish, that was, you know, I made her do all the talking, but I, I, I interacted with waitstaff. And so the thing she warned me is that the, the, the waitstaff will ask you, when you sit down at the table, they'll ask you, uh, and I'll, I'll see if I can get this right, gazu or no gazu? And which means, um, do you want bubbly water or tap water? And uh, I would, my response, I practiced it, my French Response in French was to go, no. So that's my that's my French, no, um, or in German, nine. Anyway, there's so many of us, and uh, at this rate, we're gonna add. Like, we added two in the last month. We added one that we knew about in the month before. So I expect uh, we'll go with the Fibonacci sequence. So four. Damn, I hope four is the next number in the Fibonacci sequence. I should really know that. One, one, two. Four, and that gets you to eight. So we're already past that. So we're not in the Fibonacci sequence. Never mind. Johnny likes math jokes, right? You'll like that one. That one's for you, Johnny. Put that on a T-shirt. Um, boy, I referenced an old, old uh, Slurpcast episode there. Diehard fan. That's me. Anyway, what I'm saying is there's getting to be so many podcasts, Blood Bowl podcasts, that there's going to be more and more tournaments where we just bump into each other. You're going to be bumping into podcast hosts all the time because there's going to be more and more of us. It's going to keep happening, folks. This game is surging. I don't know if you've noticed. Between the podcasts, Chaos Cup just sent a continental attendance record. 
the Michigan Blood Bowl scene alone is exploding. I can't keep people out of my local tabletop league here in Ann Arbor. I mean, I do, but it's hard. And uh, really, it, if someone was smart, given this upswing in popularity of the game, like someone ought to figure out how to make money off of this thing. I mean, seriously. Like, take the rules, take like the basic components of the game, put them in a box and sell them. I mean, it's the, the money's waiting there to be made, right? Somebody ought to do that. Somebody with some brains would figure out a way to take advantage of what's going on. And it's going on. It's going on, folks. What else do I want to talk about? Oh, yeah. We're getting to the point. No, we're past the point. We're past the point, folks, where uh, even if, let's assume, now many people don't like podcasts. I was at Chaos Cup. I tried to ask my opponent, so do you like Blood Bowl podcasts? And half of them, at least, would say, eh, no, not really. I don't really like any podcasts at all. Like, oh, fine. It's just not a medium that appeals to everybody. Okay. But assuming that you listen to podcasts, assuming that you listen to Blood Bowl podcasts, we're past the point now where the average Blood Bowl podcast enthusiast can even manage to listen to every Blood Bowl podcast. We're past that point. We're past the saturation point, which doesn't mean people shouldn't start new ones. Um, there's, there's niches to fill here. I was telling uh, Mark Zuckerman, like I think I think you should be making like the the ten minute bite sized monthly podcast. I think that'd be a great do the Snap Costas, do the Zug Haikus, like just put them out. If it was just those two things, like you know, there's the two hour podcast, and then we like we need like the bite sized. Did you know? Like the did you know of podcasts? Like the little sidebar thing that you know you can do just while you're like loading the dishwasher you know that kind of thing like there's a market there's 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 room for us there but we're past the point now where anyone could be expected even if you're a, a blood bowl podcast enthusiast to have listened to them all or to keep up with them all so uh you know you shouldn't have anyway but even especially now uh, we're at a point where if you have a podcast you just can't feel slighted by the fact that someone's not listening to your show. Like, you can't take it personally. If someone says, oh, I love Blood Bowl podcasts, and they'd rattle off three podcasts, you can't say, why didn't they mention mine? I got a Blood Bowl podcast. You know, you can't. It's, no, it, it's just not realistic anymore. But that's fine. It's just like I can't play every game I think is awesome and would enjoy. There's just not enough time in my life. So doesn't mean those games should feel jilted that I picked Blood Bowl over them because I have. I played Blood Bowl far more than any other game because I really have. I've got room in my life for one woman and one game. And between the two of them, I've written more songs to the game. I should fix that. So, Halloween. It's coming up fast. And calls to mind the most Halloweenish Blood Bowl players, which pretty much amounts to your varieties of undead players. You know, I mean, we have witch elves in the game, but you don't you don't even really see girls dressed up as witches much anymore, do you? I mean, if, with Wicked, do you you think you'd see more witches? But still, you see mostly princesses, or well, even if you did see a witch, it wouldn't be a witch elf. It'd be a different kind of thing. 
And uh, I mean, what else is there? Like goblins. Goblins really aren't uh, kind of a classic, iconic monster type. They've fallen off. You know, it used to be goblins and sprites and the boogeyman. You know, like it's just that's not what kids go for these days. And there's not like one single iconic image of a goblin. You know, goblins are different incarnations and different, you know, different traditions, right? So. Not everyone agrees on what a goblin looks like, so you can't do a goblin costume as effectively. So, uh, you know, iconic monsters are what we got to go for, iconic. So what's the most, of all the monsters, of all, like, the classic, like, Universal Studios monsters, let's say, I mean, those are probably the most iconic. So what's the most iconic of all of those? What do you think? You might say Dracula. Very iconic monster, but I would say there's still different interpretations of of Dracula. So I would say the mummy because the mummy is the one monster that you can go to a museum and look at one, like a real one. So everyone has to agree on what a mummy looks like. There's no arguing. So, so So I would say the mummy is the most iconic of all the monsters, which means that the most iconic Blood Bowl player, or at least the most iconic mummy in Blood Bowl, that's got to be Ram Tut the Third, right? Ram Tut the Third, star player. Ram Tut, or as his close friends and family call him, R3. R3. So let's strap in and see what R3 is up to. R3 and his whole undead family. What they're up to this Halloween in a segment we'll call All in the Shambly. Boy, the way Morgoth and his dog played. Jeremiah cool the flashing blade. Stars like us, we had it made. Those, Those were, were the days. And you knew who you were Throwers were white and blitzers were red. Mister, we, we could use a man like old Nick Three Horn again. Didn't need no journey. Uh, what a day I just had. Oh, all three, you're home. How was work? Not now, Dingbat. Can't you see I'm in a rotten mood? Why? What's wrong? I've just been chased up and down by these little monsters all day long. <laughs> little monsters? You mean goblins? Oh, hi there, Goya. My, how's my little Goya? No, I don't mean goblins. I mean childrens. Daddy? played football against a team of children. Oh, no, your father wouldn't do that. It wouldn't be a fair fight. You must have meant halflings, right, Arthree? What, because that would be a fair fight? <laughs> no, I just meant they're professionals is all. Eat it. Besides, there was that one time Buggy Bacon Breath knocked you down to win that game for the grasshuggers. Eat it. Stifle yourself, will you? So who were the little monsters chasing you, Daddy? I told you, they was children dressed as monsters. Oh, that must be because it's Halloween. I know it's Halloween. That don't mean I have to like it. 
Why, what's wrong with Halloween? Oh, great. The meathead's here. All three don't like Halloween on account of the kids dressing up like what they ain't. You, you got all these living kids dressing up like they's undead. And then you got the undead dressed up like the living. I mean, everyone should just look like what they are. Well, I don't get it. You're always going on about how you don't want to see humans in the neighborhood. This should be a good thing for you. Well, now you see there are humans in the neighborhood, and I want to be able to tell who's who. Besides, if they wants to be undead, they should find someone respectable who can make them undead. You know, like my wife here. She would just act like a proper vampire instead of just a dingbat. <laughs> now get out of my way. I've had a hard day at work. I just want to relax in my chair here. Oh, sure, Arthree. You just sit down and let me get you your slippers. Uh, that's more like it. So rough day at work, huh? Say, didn't you play against that human team today? The Thunder Bay Blunderbuss? What, they give you problems, Arth? No, they didn't give me no problems, meathead. <laughs> of course, you would like to think that humans could even stand a chance against the superior undead race. But let me tell you, it just ain't happening. I don't know. Humans seem just as capable of playing Blood Bowl as any other race. In fact, some of the greatest players ever have been human. Everyone knows humans ain't as good at Blood Bowl as the undead. That's just an established fact. Now look, don't take it poisonal. Well, let's say, if you was ever to put on a helmet on that meathead of yours, I would destroy you like I destroyed that blitzer and that catcher today. And then maybe my little Goyle would replace you just like the blunderbuss will have to replace them. Oh, Daddy, you know I love Michael and could never replace him. Hey, you should be with some nice undead boy instead of this meathead here. This head all full of meat. If he was going to crack open that head and eat his brains, I'd understand. But as I've been telling you since he was a little Goyle, don't play around with your food. I don't just love Michael's brains. I love his mind. And that ain't all. That better be all. This is my little Goyle we're talking about here. You go messing where you want and be messing, and I won't be the only one wrapped in bandages if you catch my drift. Now let's not fight and ruin dinner. I've got a special meal planned. Now you just relax in your chair, and Goya and Michael, you come help me in the kitchen. Sure, Mom. Yeah, you bet, Ma. Finally, a moment of peace and quiet. <laughs> hey, Dingbat, door. <laughs> come on, someone get the door for Pete's sake. That <laughs> jeez, oh, hold on, will ya? You know it takes me a whole turn just to stand up. Oh, okay, okay. Well, well, look what we have here. A couple of Rugrats and masks, eh? I suppose you're going to want some candy. Oh, yes, please. Well, let me see what I have to give you. Ah, I see the dingbat left the bowl right here by the door. Now tell me, before I give you this, uh, just who is you supposed to be? I'm Griff Oberlund. I'm the ladies What? <laughs> Why do you want to dress up as those bums? Now come here. <laughs> let me look under those rubber masks here. Yeah, that's what I thought. You're those two skeleton boys from the end of the block. Why you want to dress up as humans and hide those beautiful skulls of yours? 
I think Doug is an ogre. I've been around long enough I can remember when he was human. And not so mighty either. Before him and the crumb got into that fairy juice. Now go home and get yourself some proper costumes, like a white or a necromancer or something respectable along those lines. And come back and get your candy. Okay, goodbye. No, no, wait! Sheesh. Undead kids idolizing living players. Kids ain't raised today, they have no pride. What, again already? I ain't made to be soivin' to no children's. Trick or treat! No, okay, yeah. So what kind of ugly thing are you supposed to be? The greatest football player of all time, Morgan Ford! Now, hold on just one minute. Did I hear you say that Morgan Thorg is the greatest player of all time? You bet. Let me set you straight, kid. Morgan even the best ogre of all time. That was Morgan Thorg, who played the game the way it's supposed to be played. None of this, look how agile I am, let me carry the ball like I'm some mouth. Morgan would just as soon eat the ball as carry it. Yeah, yeah, watching Morgoth Nithrog on the Chaos All-Stars. Now that was really something. Them was the good old days, you see, when the game was played different. Yeah, yeah, I know. I didn't die yesterday. Now don't get wise. Here, here's a piece of candy. Go and run along. All the other houses are giving me two pieces of candy. You're just like Morgan Thorg, always demanding more than you're worth. Now skedaddle! Uh, kids these days. Some of them are older than they look, you know. Staying inside all day, playing video games, when they should be outside playing in the sun, so the skin rots proper. Hey, Dingbat, is that dinner gonna be ready anytime soon, or... What is this, some candy soup kitchen? Why do these kids get jobs and earn their candy? All right. Trick or treat. Oh, well, look at you. What a cute little girl all dressed up. Now tell me, sweetheart, what are you dressed up for us for, for Halloween? Zara the Slayer. Oh, for crying out loud, put those stakes away before you hurt somebody. Uh, you're likely to give me a heart attack if my heart went in a clay pot next to my bowling ball. Give me some candy. Here, take all the candy. Just get off of my porch and stop scaring an old man. Oh, boy. That really... What are you all doing here? Just watching you get scared by that little girl. I didn't get scared by no little goyle. I was into the spirit of Halloween is all. Oh, never mind that. Let's all just sit down and have a nice Halloween dinner together. Ah, now we're talking. Don't that smell good? Oh, delicious. I'll just pop over my beer here and finally relax to a nice... Oh, don't worry, Arthree. I'll get it. Oh, but you gave all the candy away. Oh, no, Daddy. We have to give something to the children. I suppose we could give them some of the dinner. No, we ain't giving them any of our dinner. Yeah, I got an idea. Meathead, come here with me. Sure, Arth. What's your plan? You'll see. Hey, Arth, why are you grabbing me? Here, kids, have yourself some brains. He ain't using them. Yay! Daddy!
All in the Family is recorded before an alive studio audience. Huh, funny how they mentioned the Thunder Bay blunderbuss. And how Ram Tut took out a blitzer and a catcher. I wonder if those are players that will need to be replaced soon. I wonder if that's why Coach Praxis Max Prefect went on that recruiting run way back in episode number one. I wonder what's happening with those folks. I wonder if anybody got writer's block trying to write the second installment of the adventures of Bert Hitless and decided to write all in the shambly instead. Makes you think, doesn't it? So Chaos Cup 2014. Let's get into this. There have already been three Blood Bowl podcasts who've done their Chaos Cup recaps, so I'll try to keep mine brief. You know, I should have recorded this right after the tournament, but I was just burned out. I was after, a, you know, I, I crammed, it's like cramming for the exam, I crammed the week, week and a half uh, before Chaos Cup, just trying to get my team painted, trying to get my team, well, you heard the paint cast, that was all just about trying to get stuff ready, and uh, didn't, <laughs> trying to get the, the Way Homer episode ready, that was really like the two days before the, the tournament, that's all I did. I think I'm going to do that differently from now on, by the way. I mean, the idea of the way Homer is uh, to have something extra for the loyal fans, um, but then also a way to grow the the, the audience. And th- those are separate audiences. Those are those are different people. Um, so I, th- I think next time, next time it's going to be different. I'm going to have one thing to give to new listeners. And then one thing to give to the people who, the loyal listeners, and the loyal listeners have to come up and ask. That's how it's going to be next time I do Away Homer, which maybe never. I reserve the right because I won't always have time and I won't always have ideas. But if I do it, I'll, I'll warn you ahead of time. So what was I saying? Oh, being busy, week up to Chaos Cup, feeling burned out after Chaos Cup. So, um, yeah, this is over a month later. So we'll see what I can remember. Got there Friday night, carpooled with uh, Saul nicely once again. Thank you, Saul, for arranging rides for everybody. Get into town and uh, Friday night bowling. Went to Friday night bowling. Played on a team with Saul, with Mike Bell, and with Tom Anders. So that was cool. It was the first time I ever really got to uh, talk or hang with Tom Anders at all. And uh, we bowled decently. I was wearing my bowling shirt, which is from my college radio days. That was our station station bowling shirt. It was 1995, so what you did was you made a bowling shirt back then. So uh, I had that, which earned me, spoiler alert, earned me the most stylish award um, uh, at the end of the day, Sunday. The first of my awards that I would win, we'll get into that later, even though you already know that I'm your reigning Blood Bowl podcast challenge champion. I think I got that right. Anyway, bowled decently, had fun hanging out with people, got to uh, meet 
people I kind of knew online, like Keggy McKill and Jeff Rowe and Bergen, who uh, they were really cool and um, said nice things about my podcast. So I really appreciate that. That really uh, means a lot. And got to see uh, Katie and Mike and Johnny, Aldous Snow. Who else was at bowling? That's who I remember talking to. I'm going to forget a lot of people, so I'm really sorry. In fact, there's just, like, categories of people that I met. I was just thinking, I was, like, running down a list, like, the groups, the big groups of people who came to Chaos Cup, and I couldn't even, I'm sure I can't even think of all the big groups, and I, I know I'm forgetting people in, in those groups. I'm talking regional groups mostly, like the Chicago folks. Um, I mentioned four of those. Um, uh, the Goblin Crew, who uh, I guess they're from all over, but a lot of there's like a nucleus of them in uh, Kitchener, Canada, and I barely got to talk to them. I talked to Kick um, and uh, and Tim Lawson a little bit after the podcast hoedown showdown, and they were they were nice. Uh, Kick said nice things to me, and um, uh, the the whole Iowa crew. I got to talk to Chance uh, for a while. Barely talked to Drew. Uh, and then, uh, like the whole of the crew, I, I'm such an idiot. Like I tend to focus in, I can't like pay attention to more than one thing at a time. So, um, so they would like chance and drew would like, like walk by and say hi. And then like, they were with like other people that were like standing with them. They were all from Iowa. These are people like I've heard on the podcast. They're the three by block or heard about, you know, Wes, I had a conversation with Wes at medieval times last year, but it didn't even like occur to me. I'm such a social idiot. Like it didn't even occur to me to say hi again. Like I just can't process if I'm talking to one person that there's someone else there that I should also be talking to. I guess I'm I'm sorry. I didn't say hi, Wes. Um, Like it just doesn't, like stuff just doesn't register like it should. Something wrong with my brain socially. Uh, Scott and Steve, uh, got to talk to them, hang out with them and uh, Puzzle Monkey who donated the graphics for my logo, my awesome logo. I like. I got to say hi to him. I didn't get to hang out with him at all. Um, I just I get this thing with Chaos Cup is I never feel like I have to plan my social time because I, I, I don't. I just show up and say, "Here I am. Let's socialize." And I don't really. I never. I, 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 I get depressed after Chaos Cup that I didn't. <laughs> At, at the number of people I didn't actually get to talk to, because <laughs> there's a lot of cool people there, and I'm just not—I don't know. I need to be—I need to plan this. I need like a project manager to set up play dates for me <laughs> at Chaos Cup, just to make sure I talk to everybody I want to talk to. So uh, who else? There's the Texas folks, Matt McDonough. Um, geez, I can't remember names. I remember faces. Sorry, dudes. Uh, the, the South Bend guys, um, uh, the Wisconsin crew, um, of course, all my Southeast Michiganders. There's like pockets of us. There's like the 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 Hamilton heroes, the uh, the Moose Knuckle Detroit guys. There's the Kalamazoo guys. And of course, there's my Ann Arbor people. Wigwam, Alex, big props to you, newest member of my tabletop league. Took down two other podcasts members so he a big big credit for my reign as your current podcast challenge champion it goes to him for doing good work representing 
the Blockham League of Ann Arbor, Michigan. Thanks, Alex. Who else? Uh, the West Coast Quakers, I, I, I didn't talk to any of them. I didn't get to it. The Englishmen. I introduced myself to all the Englishmen. I call them Englishmen. I'm assuming they're all from England and not from other parts of Great Britain. I introduced myself. I didn't didn't really get to talk to them at all. Um, who else should I mention? Detox. He's a goblin guy, but he went out of his way to, to say hi and be nice to me. Uh, Matthias, the wine auctioner, who I've seen every Chaos Cup I've been to. Just like a whole bunch of cool people. Like I really need to, I really need to spend less time playing Blood Bowl at Chaos Cup because it's really it gets in the way. Frankly, uh, it's a big nuisance. We need to we need to figure out how to get around that. Anyway, shared a room with. Matt Vanderby, my other league mate, who was there, shared a bed, room and a bed. Got a king-size bed. Um, you know, the, I'm told I attended a public school, a secular public school, but I'm told that at Catholic schools, at a dance, uh, the nuns will tell you to leave enough room for the Holy Spirit. Well, we had enough room for the whole trinity between us, that's how far apart we were. And none of us rolled over once, I don't think. We were, like, flat on our back, arms at our sides, the whole um, sleeping part of the weekend. And just so you know, um, I capitalized Trinity in my show notes here. So, because uh, I think that's just how uh, they slash he likes it. It's pretty funny to think about a divine being listening to a Blood Bowl podcast. Um, divine being besides Nuffle, of course, but um, but not only listening to the podcast, but reading the show notes for the podcast. Do you think they go to that? I mean, you'd have to be omniscient to keep up with all the Blood Bowl podcasts, but do you think they read all the show notes too? I mean, if you're omniscient, then you might as well, right? Anyway, so uh, let's get to the games. Oh, dress code. So I dressed up for Chaos Cup. I dressed up. I wore a dress shirt. I wore a tie. Um, I wore a suit jacket for a lot of it. My grandfather's suit jacket, actually, with his Moose Lodge membership pin in the lapel. Kept it there. And uh, I did that for a few reasons. One, uh, it's always really cold in hotel banquet rooms. I'm always freezing in hotel banquet rooms. If I go to a conference, anything, if I have to sit in a conference room, I will wear like long underwear in the summer because I know I'm going to be freezing. And uh, especially during a gaming event, I'm not as bad now, but I, I basically have a nervous temperament by default. And in competitive situations, that'll get ramped up more. So I'm, I'm not as bad now, but I used to be like my first 10 tournaments when I would get really nervous uh, for the tournaments. Like I'd be shivering and, and my shoulders and legs would like ache by the end because I'd been like my teeth would be chattering. That doesn't happen so much anymore. It used to be even worse. When I was before I got into tournaments, I was just playing uh, on, on cyanide client. If I had a big game, like I'd get, I would be wearing my stocking hat in the summer in July. Like my wife Seymour would think I was crazy. Uh, but yeah, I get, I get nervous. I get, I get nervous. It's like sling blade. I didn't get nervous this time. I was very relaxed. I was more. I was completely preoccupied with the uh, showdown, hoedown, and hosting that. So actually, that was very beneficial. I think 
um, took my mind off my games. I was relaxed. I think it came out in the performance. Um, I was still cold though, so I still wore the the suit jacket, and uh, I didn't like wasn't miserably cold. Although my back really hurt, <laughs> my back was messed up for like a week and a half after Chaos Cup. I really need to work on my playing posture. That's the next thing to work on. But speaking of looking good while you're playing Blood Bowl, not just your posture, you go to tournaments and you see lots of people wearing jerseys, which is awesome. I wish I had the disposable income to get a custom jersey, like in the team colors of the Thunder Bay Blunderbuss or the Diute Frozen Flames or the Alfheimer Aeronauts, which are going to be my pro-elf tournament team coming up next, or the Stumpford Ordinal, my halfling team. Those are my four real teams so far. But then I think about it, now this is just my point of view, wearing the jersey of the team, that makes sense if you're a player on the team or if you're a baseball manager. It's my understanding that baseball managers are actually like on the roster, like a baseball manager can go bat. But in, in football, it's a little bit different. So I, I figure I'm the coach of the team. I'm going to dress like a coach. Coaches, not how they dress now where they have to wear the licensed athletic gear. I'm going to dress like the, the coaches of old. You know, suit and tie, fedora. I don't have a nice fedora. I think that's the next step. The next step up is to get the fedora. I wore a baseball cap. Because I'm really tired of seeing pictures of me at tournaments from like a side angle where it looks like I have had brain surgery. It's just because like it just catches, like you can, if it's almost like you're looking at an animated GIF of me balding. Like you can see the hairline regressing while I play Blood Bowl. So got to step up my hat game. Gonna go with the old, uh, if you prefer. Tamalandry Fedora. Tamalandry the Undying. I had no idea that Tamalandry the Undying was a pun on Tom Landry until uh, I think it was both down pointed it out on on one of their shows. I'm like, oh my god. I, I knew who Tom Landry was but I just always read it as Tamalandry. I didn't like try to sound it out in my head. There's a whole category um, of words that I'd still pronounce wrong because of how I pronounced them as a kid, or me and my friends pronounced them as a kid. It's my favorite detail of the novel Dracula that, well, I have two favorite details of the novel Dracula. One is that Mina Harker is, uh, she really impresses all the other men, all the male characters, that she has the mind of a man because she can memorize train tables. <laughs> Like, oh my God, what an impressive woman. She can actually solve a problem. She's not completely dependent on us for everything. Blows our minds collectively. Uh, so there's that. And then um, there's the fact that uh, Dracula, when uh, John Harker goes to, he's writing his letter back to Mina because it's an epistolary, as you know, um, he reports that Dracula is, speaks English, speaks fluent English, but all of his, his pronunciation is a little bit off. Like there are words that he just pronounces completely wrong because he, he's reading them phonetically from books. He's never had another English person to speak to because he never leaves his castle. And so I feel like Dracula when 
I still say melee, <clears throat> a melee weapon, or to jump into the melee instead of melee. Um, and that's, you know, well, you know where I got that. So, yeah, that's what comes from only saying things out loud around other children who don't know what they're talking about. Now, speaking of not knowing what I'm talking about, let me tell you about the games, which I will barely remember. Uh, round one. So I'm playing Chaos Pact. I'm I'm playing by by playing Chaos Pact. I mean I, I am coaching a Chaos Pact team. I am playing against an orc team, coached by Rugger Ruggerman, oh, my old goblin league mate, playing uh, the team I played against many times in the Goblin League, the Huroth Hatchetmen. So the the Thunderblade Blunderbuss uh, went up many times against the Hatchetmen, and I think that. Our aeronauts played against them too. So that was really cool to uh, have this team that I've played virtually years ago on Cyanide, which I don't play anymore, uh, to get to face them in the flesh, the green, meaty flesh. And I got to meet Rugger at past Chaos Cups, and that was fun. He's, he's a fun chap. Now, it was a theme throughout the weekend that the fans for the Frozen Flames did not show up. I had multiple games with minus two fame and uh, started right here, rolled a snake eyes on the, uh, on the, on the gate. So, you know, it was like 2000 fans for me and like 11,000 fans for him. So, I mean, he could have gotten fame plus five if it went that high and it, it ended up being a big factor. So I don't remember how the, I don't remember how the game went. Um, I think he, I think he received, I don't know if that was by choice, or his choice or mine. I believe, I'd believe it either way. Um, he received, drove, and scored. Kicked to me second half, I drove and scored on turn seven, second half. So leaving him two turns to score, but I was bashing pretty good. I was hitting pretty well that game, so I believe he was down three players. I think he was down to like eight players. And gets a so he's got two turns to score. I kick to him, and he's he's lining up for the two turn attempt, and gets a pitch invasion with the plus two fame. So the fans storm in, far outnumbering mine, and they just they brutalize my team. I have three players standing, in my defense, and I'm like, well, this game is over. You know, the, there goes the tie. He, you know, I think he had one guy stunned, so he's down to like seven guys against my three. My guys are all stunned, but they still like gum up his progress just enough, and he's just shorthanded enough that he can't quite completely protect the ball carry. He gets he gets the ball to a blitzer, he runs him out, gets him in range. He he's trying to screen me off, but um I think it was my Skaven, my skillless Skaven, Germfast Scuttlecraft, who's come from me, come through for me so many times before. He like does three dodges through tackle zones, does the one die blitz, gets the pow, knocks him down, and then on on Rugger's turn eight, he doesn't make the pickup. Or I think he had nobody who could reach the end zone. Anyway, it 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 really felt like. 
snatching a, a, a tie out of the jaws of defeat. So I uh, ended that with a 1-1 tie. Felt really good about <laughs> my luck, uh, which was, you know, very lucky. Well, no, Germfask, just he pulled it off. He pulled off a great play. Kudos to Germfask. Came out of retirement once again since he got killed in my league, but I bring him back for tournaments because he was just that special. So round two, um, facing off against, once again, what's turning out to be uh, the top rivalry for the Frozen Flames, the 4D Shriners, which is kind of like being... I mean, that's like being an also-ran rivalry. It's like the Detroit Lions and the Green Bay Packers. Like, the Lions consider their biggest rival to be the Packers. And the Packers are like, oh, yeah, the Lions. I, I forgot about them. Um, it's it's kind of the same kind of thing. I mean, the 40 Shriners obviously um, are unhealthily obsessed with the 40 Miners. But now the Frozen Flames, uh, who sport the same color scheme as both of those teams, uh, we faced the 4D Shriners in round one of Zlurpy, and then we drew them in round two of Chaos Cup. At Zlurpy, they bested us two to one, um, but this time uh, we got the upper hand. So uh, again, against Oryx, the Chaos Pact, hitting very well. Uh, the big guys working working together, working with the team. Uh, I, I outbashed him and uh, got up men and uh, won that game two to one. Very fun game. Spencer is always a fun opponent to play against. At least he was in the two games I played against him. I imagine he always is. He's just a cool guy. So um, now I'm at one win, one tie. And uh, round three, draw Wood Elves. Uh, I don't remember the fella's real name. Uh, Coach name is Wildfire. You've heard his team described on both down because uh, Scott played him, Fat Finley played him round before I did. Uh, this is the Bashy Wood Elf team. They had no rerolls, a Treeman, uh, a Wood Elf with like Frenzy and Mighty Blow, um, and a Dirty Player, Sneaky Git, Line Elf. And uh, that's the team that destroyed Scott's uh, Chaos team 3-1. to one. Uh, I fared better, fair to say. Um, due in great part to the fact that his treeman failed every single take root roll, every single one, so spent the one hundred percent of the game rooted. Um, so I did this, this. I never, never was in his tackle zone once the entire game, and uh, I also managed to surf his frenzy ward answer. I think he was trying to surf my guy, but got the pow on the first. Um, the first hit, but I had a, I was, he was still, he was still in a tackle zone of another guy, which meant I could push him next to the sideline and then blitz him out of bounds. And I sure did that at the first opportunity. So uh, yeah, that was just kind of a, uh, a nice clean, uh, two, one victory for me. So I was feeling good. I was getting up I was getting up there in the tables. I was like at table six or something when I faced in round four against uh, Sturmjarl. Sturmjarl? Sturmjarl? Uh, Patrick Wynn's uh, She-Wolves of Wynn team, uh, who you've heard described on 3 Die Block because uh, Chance played him. Uh, Norse team, uh, I, uh, I, 
I, I can't remember what the makeup of his team was. I can tell you, uh, in this game, uh, I really Patrick was a good sport about it, but I I really alarmed him with how slow I played in the first half. Um, it's kind of a thing with me. I'm a slow player in general, but I'm getting better, and it has been uh, quite a few tournaments since I have failed to finish a game. In fact, uh, Dog Bowl 2 in February or March, whatever, I think was the last time I failed to finish a game, and that was me playing against Saul, who is also a notoriously slow player. So I'll forgive myself. Um, what I tend to do, though, is I tend to play the first half very slowly, and then the second half I will play very quickly. And I don't know why that is. It's something psychological. You think, you know, it's like I have to get warmed up. You wouldn't think I'd have to get warmed up for every single game, but that seems to be the case. Um, it's just kind of the decision tree you have to go through. The more at the beginning of the game, there's just more potential ways the game could go um, as the as the as the shape of the game becomes more clear. Then I can make my choices more quickly so i you know but uh but patrick was really getting kind of alarmed he was like uh we should start moving faster jeremy and like i will i will i'll go faster in the second half don't worry so um and we did we finished the game um i had i i felt bad i had to keep checking like are you are you okay like did did that really bother you and he said no i suspect yes um so uh thank you patrick for your patience and um and I don't remember how the game went otherwise, except that I managed to win one nothing. I think there was, I think that was a lucky one. Um, I I feel like that was not as well earned as uh, some of the other wins, but one nothing game. That's how that went. And so it's the end. That's the end of day one, and uh, I'm feeling great. I'm like, wow, I'm I just won. I'm so I'm three wins and a tie. I just won at table. I think I was. I think that was at table six. We were, we were in the first row of uh, that win. Like I gotta be winning for the I am Chaos Award. Like I wasn't. I wasn't seriously considering myself as a challenger for the podcast challenge. I'll admit it right here. Um, I put out those challenges in my feed kind of as a joke, just because I thought it was funny. That the there was you know in the discussions around the podcast challenge they uh, not only didn't like I mean they didn't mention me that that's fine but like they didn't consider there didn't seem to be any consideration for what would happen if there was a podcast that didn't have two people like just the way the rules were uh, set up uh, whenever it was discussed it was always kind of with this assumption that a, a podcast has two co-hosts right they just have to um, why would it be any different so. Um, of course, I just had to play with that idea, um, and that's what my uh, little challenge that appeared in my feed was all about. Uh, I really didn't care if I didn't. Um, I don't even care if I have the trophy. That's not what I'm saying. Um, I wasn't gonna feel. I wasn't gonna feel slighted if, uh, like, if my score just got counted as my score added up against two other scores. I would have played it for laughs. If, you know, because um, I think that's what happened the year before is uh, Extreme had his lone score counting against the two both down guys and the two three die black guys. Um, and that was funny. You know, I, I would have been perfectly happy if they did that. Instead, what they did was um, 
they, which seemed like a fair option, was to just take the average of all the the host scores, which seems like that should be able to handle any number of podcast hosts, right? It seems really fair, and it worked out for me, obviously. Um, I do think it's an unfair advantage for me being a, a lone podcast host, or rather, to put it more generally, the fewer hosts you have, the better you are able to benefit from uh, the the variance that happens with small sample sizes. So the more coaches you add into the average score, the more your score will your average score will tend to regress towards the mean. So um, that's just that's just a statistical fact, right? It's just a statistical fact that the more coaches, if you put all ninety four people in, then the average score necessarily is going to be. Uh, uh, 47th or the average rank. Um, so, you know, so being one person, all I would have to do is rank better than 46, 47, and, uh, and I would beat the collective rest of the players, which isn't that hard to do. So, you know, I just had to have one lucky streak of games and then someone else's lucky streak of games can be canceled out by, you know, their their teammates' unlucky streak. I don't have a teammate to drag me down, so I, you know, I benefit from small sample size. Do I need to explain that three more times? It's you know, it's the same reason why the record for batting average for the first half of a season is always going to be higher than the record for batting average for an entire season. Just because it's a smaller sample size. Regression to the mean. So I'm not saying we should change the rules because I don't plan on adding another host. And uh, I think it was, I would love to win the tournament uh, trophy next year. But um, if someone like who's good at designing these things thought of a way to weight it so to, to diminish the advantage of small sample sizes and I would I would I would be fine with that who would be you know this is all there's no like organizing committee I think I don't I don't I don't, I don't even know who made up the rules I guess it's whoever whoever runs the tournament should make up the rules right anyway that was a long aside uh to say that I thought I would be in first place for the I am chaos award surely and it turns out I wasn't even the highest-ranked Chaos Pact team since ahead of me in the tables was Nathan Wells. Another guy I didn't... I don't think I said a word to him, even though he seemed like a funny guy. I, I wanted to meet him. I just didn't... Didn't happen. Anyway, but I, I was on table six, and he was on table two. So uh, very impressive Chaos Pact performance by him. I'd, I'd like to get the lowdown on how his games went. Uh, I should talk to him. I should, you know, I can reach out and I can email people. Why is it so hard to email people? It is hard because I'm always behind an email at work. Anyway, so that was the end of day one. Very similar pattern to Slurpee Bowl, where in day one I finished three wins and one loss. Here I finish with three wins and a tie. 
um, once again go to bed as the number one ranked Chaos Pact team or coach, I should say, in the United States. So that's something. And uh, had the hoedown showdown. That was fun. You heard that. Um, if you didn't listen to my version, shame on you, first of all. Um, pause this right now. Go back. Listen to mine. I had some cool stuff at the end. You missed it. You, just, you should have picked mine. I told you to pick mine. I told you to listen to every version. It's like Rashomon. So that happened. Um, uh, the controversy surrounding the hoedown showdown. Uh, there are a few. Um, firstly, the pitch invasion guy is complaining that they had to share a microphone. I want you to know that you're not the only ones who suffered. I brought my fancy microphone, my super fancy microphone I'm talking into right now, uh, a, a gift from my good friend, Wade Carney, who, whose replies to the Chaos Cup podcast challenge challenge uh, you heard in this feed previously. Brought this microphone uh, for the hoedown showdown so I could sound better than everybody else. That was very important to me, and uh, it didn't work in the board. Why? Because everything had to go into a splitter, and uh, my microphone requires phantom power. Phantom power, because it's a condenser microphone. Uh, and all the other microphones were dynamic microphones that don't require phantom power. So I couldn't put my microphone in a splitter with anyone else's, and so I didn't get to use it. So I had to use a regular plebeian microphone like all the other plebes. I was I felt like when I looked at my microphone as I was talking into it, I felt like a regular panelist instead of the MC. So I just want you pitch invasion guys to know that you it, yours was not the only uh, suffering that happened because of uh, uh technical issues. With microphones, I also had to make a sacrifice. So stop your belly aching. Uh, what else? Uh, Chance, the game lawyer, stop game lawyering me. You lost. You're trying to get me with points you should have gotten. Okay, first of all, the hundred points. I'm not. The, I wasn't the official scorekeeper. I'm the MC, Mike Muller, Valdrick. He was keeping score. So if you have a scoring issue, you talk with him. I didn't even I didn't even make the final determination of whether a match was a match or not. That was that was Mike, uh, with you know some feedback from the audience might maybe influencing him. Uh, don't know if my feedback influenced him one bit. So that's number one. Number two, I said a hundred points for a match, meaning you the whole. I don't know if you remember like the rest of the game besides this one question, but the point of the game was to match what you're teammate said not to answer something quote-unquote correctly so when I said 100 points that meant you got a match what Drew said and you didn't so um try you know games lawyer you've been lawyered by me open and shut case and um Astra and my friends at the Orca Cola cast 
Um, uh, you've probably heard it on both down. Uh, there was a thread. It was on, it happened in the both down thread on Talk Fantasy Football. Xander voiced some displeasure about uh, the way OCC was depicted in the Hoedown Showdown. Um, I made my apology there. If you're interested, you can go read it. If you don't go and read it, then I'm not gonna. It, it doesn't need to be rehashed. So that that happened. I, I think we're. I, th- I hope we're good now. Suffice to say, no offense was intended, and I apologize for all that was received. And we'll move on. Then that was so. That was Saturday. Uh, Sunday came next, and I'm really trying not to repeat my performance from Zoyper Bowl. Um, trying to break the pattern where in Super Bowl I went 0-2 on Sunday. And uh, I was feeling nice and loose. I was feeling good. Uh, the, the hoedown showdown was behind me. I wasn't stressed out anymore. I wasn't really, wasn't really wasn't worried. And I was on table five again. And I'm like, oh, if I win this game, I can be in the third place game. Same as Liberty Bowl again. And playing another Norse team, coached by Lathan. Lathan? Lathan? L-E-A-T-H-A-N. And uh, he's a nice guy. All my opponents were good. All good sports. Uh, He was a quiet guy. Uh, First of all, too handsome to be playing Blood Bowl. Let's just face it. Um, Okay, all my opponents were handsome, but, like, he was extra handsome. Like, just too handsome. Like, he just didn't fit. And he's, like, quiet, and is, like, really quietly confident. And... um, and also really good. Like he just he kicked me up and down, uh, kicked me up and down the pitch. It was it was one of those games where um, I don't remember anything how it went. I lost three one. I was never in it. Uh, the big guys just did not show up to play this game. I do remember that that they just failed me spectacularly, uh, completely let me down, and then just nothing else really worked. Uh, so lost that game three to one. He was a nice guy, um, in complete control of the game from beginning to end. And so he went on to, uh, get into the third place game and win that game, or maybe he tied it. I don't know. He ended up winning third place. So that was cool. I lost to the third place coach. Um, and he was great. And, you know, and I look in his rate ranking now and, uh, he has a two thirteen ranking with Norse. So, um, so, hey, what do you do? So, round six, now I'm following the same pattern as uh, last year's Chaos Cup, where in round six, I drew Matt Vanderby, my tabletop league mate. So, I get to play him uh, several times a year. Um, I've beaten him exactly once, and I keep drawing him as an opponent at Chaos Cup. And this is really annoying because he's playing... Uh, Amazon's his best team. He managed to lose round five, I guess. Why do you have to go and ro- lose round five? Like he he was at the top table for a while. Then he finally loses to Gagster, gets bumped down to me. So now we're at table six. I only got bumped on one table somehow after losing. Um, playing against Matt, uh, so another two hundred rated coach, and. Um, and so I, I got a psychological issue against Matt. Let's admit it. I mean, I've played him many times. And uh, I've played close games against him that I've lost. 
I've played games where I've lost 5-0 against him. Um, so in this one, he's got Amazons, and I'm, uh, you know, I don't have no tackle. And I've got my goblin. You know, I, g- I gave him two heads for a mutation. I'm like, okay, I'm going to use this little guy to foul. As soon as I get a blodger down, foul, foul on him. And uh, so I received what happened. I don't remember if I received or not. Point is, uh, a line woman, a line woman, uh, falls down in my backfield, and instantly I'm like, okay, it'd be really great to be up numbers against Matt. Here's a chance, can do a big gang foul, and so I I wasted the foul attempt. I mean, it didn't matter. I rolled the the two like it was the uh, you know little Ignats did the most blatant crummy foul imaginable like he you know like did that wind up kick right into like the thickest part of a shoulder pad like it did no good whatsoever ref spotted it easily ejected him would have ejected him I mean it wasn't going to be effective against anybody um but you know it still like wasn't a good decision like I should have saved that for a little bit of a juicier target than uh, a skillless line woman but I just wanted to I just you know you're playing someone that you know is better than you. I should just take it easy and play my best game and see what happens. But I'm like, you press a little bit. You try to get an edge. You try to get an edge wherever you can. And there's a reason people don't do that. There's a reason the good coaches don't do that and get up to 200 ratings. Um, you know, dream it, believe it, achieve it. If I want to beat a 200 rated coach, I got to play like one. Or I got to play like I believe I could be one. Is that the lesson? I don't know. I tend to play and I tend to be an advocate for romantic playing. I tend to play for upside plays. Like, well, every once in a while, you just got to make the upside play. It uh, doesn't mean be reckless. You know, you got to pick your spots, and that's kind of the art. For me, that's the art of playing Blood Bowl is picking your spots where you make the high upside play. And uh, sometimes you pick the wrong spot. Sometimes you pick the right spot and it still doesn't work. Sometimes you make really dumb decisions and you get rewarded. So who knows? You know, we're all just living our lives here, just trying to enjoy this game. And I did. And I lost uh, two to nothing. So um, ended up... Three wins, one tie, two losses. And once again, not the top team for the IM Chaos Award. Not even the top Chaos Pack team. That was, once again, Nathan Wells. So congrats to him on a, on a great tournament. I dropped all the way down to 25th place with those final two losses. But again, that was enough thanks to small sample sizes to uh, win the podcast challenge, which I accept and will hold on to until someone takes it away. Oh, and by the way, in my feed, in the podcast challenge challenge, um, let it not be forgotten that the actual challenge was to have a similar enough score in the standings to get paired with me in the Swiss pairings and face me one-on-one across the pitch. And no one accepted that challenge. So 
Not only did I beat you in the podcast challenge, but all you other guys are cowards. Cowards for for failing to show up across from me on the pitch. So try harder next, guys. Beat your opponents, unless I lost my game, in which case lose to your opponents. You gotta, you've got to match my record round by round. Or you're a coward. Collectively, you Voltron into a single... Coward. I also gracefully, <laughs> gracefully, gratefully accept the uh, my prize, which was for all the other podcasts to do a commercial. Three Die Black had a very nice commercial uh, for me in their last episode. Zlurpcast started off their episode with a, a, a lovely, lovely commercial. Johnny f- finally recognizing the Siggy Lama show starring Sigmund Lamar is the new Blood Bowl variety show. Uh, a designation he pointedly denied me uh, during his Beneath the Roster Sheets segment in episode number two of this very podcast. He did say something uh, that struck me in saying that he didn't think that we'd had a haiku yet. We had a haiku on episode number two of the very same episode, so I guess you didn't listen to your whole episode. Um, or maybe you just weren't counting the syllables, which is very possible. But uh, The Mighty Zug sent in a haiku, which I played on episode two, and he sent me in another one. So uh, let's listen to that real quick. Hey, Zug here. Greatest ogre of all time. Last time Zug gave you poetry to show Zug is smart ogre. Zug like poetry. Siggy says Zug not quit day job. Zug visits Siggy, and now Siggy says Zug win a pool uh, uh, a pool pool uh, uh, zerd prize for work. Zug give you another poem from days with Reavers. Zug went down pitch to hit Saurus, but Saurus run away from Zug. He afraid. Could be because Zug pulled arm off his teammate earlier. <laughs> Probably because Zug used arm to slap tails of funny little skinks around. They so cute. <laughs> Zug run to Saurus, but he gets so scared he run off pitch and dive into stands. Fans much worse than Zug. They grab Saurus, pull him in five directions. Zug only cripple him. Fans much worse. Zug recite in Reichspiel first. <clears throat> Lizard starren Zug, wer sprechen kost van eig Faust. Lizard sprung in Todd. And, and now in English for not intelligent people. Lizard stare at Zug. Zug promise kiss from own fist. Lizard jump. To death. Zug. I do like the way he signs his name at the bottom of his poems, even when he's saying them out loud. And thanks to Mark Zuckerman for uh, sending those in. Uh, don't, I don't want to take credit for things I didn't do. And he should take credit for the things he does, because 
That's cool. Uh, what else about Chaos Cup? The winner. So the winner was uh, Brian 2, Drither. And that's Brian with the Y. Because I don't know about your experience, but in my experience, if someone plays Blood Bowl and their name is Brian, it's spelled with a Y. Um, I don't know of a single Brian who plays Blood Bowl that's spelled with an I. So we've got Brian 2, who, uh, um, by the way, I'm glad I'm not the only person who thought that uh, that was like Brian 2.0. Like that's his real name. Brian 2, we got Brian Mitchell, Extreme, uh, Brian Berkmeyer, and my local league, M. Goberk, Birch, to you. And uh, yeah, so not a lot of Brian's, but a lot of Brian's. So if you want to get better, if you want to get better at Blood Bowl, and your name is Brian, try spelling it Brian. And then maybe especially if you're Hawaiian. What else? Uh, special consideration. What are we given? I, I named all the groups of people at the uh, that I met uh, from all regions of the earth that they came from. I did not mention the Swedes because I want to mention them here and thank them especially for their cultural ambassadorship. Uh, so this is Jonas and Anders, who, uh, you know, once again, dressed very Natalie, um, but not like Natalie, like Natalie, uh, dressed in a natty way in their suits, uh, matching suits, red ties, white shirts. Why not? Uh, it's a Swedish national flag. Why don't they dress in uh, suits that are the Swedish national flags colors? That's that's the next direction for you to go, fellas. I mean, you looked great. I wouldn't change a thing except the colors. I'd change all the colors to the colors of the Swedish national flag. Um, but, you know, it's been described elsewhere. They brought uh, drinks to uh, raffle off and gave instructions on how to drink. And uh, their instructions included the song you have to sing when you drink the thing. So in case you missed it, or in case you want to hear it again, because I sure would, uh, the highlight of the award ceremony for me was this. So I was so glad I was able to whip the whip the phone out and get that recorded and uh, pop that on here. Since this is an audio presentation and that's uh, audio content, seemed like the thing to do. And kudos to Anders and Jonas for the performance. I mean, they were tight. They were tight and they were in key. You get the feeling they've practiced that song quite a bit. So I'll be playing that on repeat uh, to learn that song and hope to... Uh, have a chance someday to sit down with those fellas and they can they can uh, teach me all about the Swedish drinking. And I, that'd be fun. So that's all I got to say about uh, Chaos Cup. Before we wrap up, uh, I talked about all the numerous Blood Bowl podcasts at the top of the show. Uh, I've been listening to the new NAFCast. Uh, most recent episode 
featuring interview with my Twitter pal, Big Harry Pete, talking about his Exit Bowl, Exit Bowl, Exeter Bowl. It's like Exit Bowl, short for Exeter Bowl, right? It's in the past, so um, this isn't much of a plug for that. Um, but check out the the podcast, his interview, um, very friendly interview. Uh, and it was, what struck me about it is the way um, you get a picture of people in your head, maybe based on the way they write or the way they describe themselves, such as uh, a big hairy Pete. And then you hear their voice and uh, they don't sound like what you pictured. You know, um, he didn't sound, just going by the sound of his voice, didn't sound particularly big. Um, maybe sounded hairy. I couldn't hear the hair, but he, I could, you know, listening to the voice and listening to him talk, I could, I could picture like a big bushy beard, um, like with nice, uh, like a, a, a bushy beard, like kind of, a um, like some big friendly mutton chops, but not like shaved down to just chops, like just like a nice rounded, um, kind of like upside down pear shaped beard. Not pear colored, like brown, like reddish brown, auburn. I was probably picturing kind of an auburn beard, um, nice and bushy, you know, kind of curving out from the cheeks, but on a smaller gentleman. I mean, it just sounds like a smaller gentleman, just going by the sound of his voice. So, but you can't really judge people by the sound of their voice, you know, like it's a strange, uh, it's any kind of like radio personality. Have you ever like listened to someone on the radio and then you finally see a picture of them and it's like kind of, it's unsettling how much they don't look like what you pictured. And the same thing can happen with podcasters too, obviously. Same kind of thing. So, I mean, it's happened to me. So the only podcaster I'd met before they started their podcast, before I heard them on the podcast was uh, uh, Kick Your Asses, Matt from Pitch Invasion. Uh, everyone else, I was acquainted with their voice first and got a picture in my head, and then I saw them, and like it didn't. Sometimes it matched. Like uh, Johnny sounds like his. Johnny looks like his voice, or Johnny sounds like his face is what I was gonna say. Uh, Johnny looks like his voice. Like you know, listening to the Slurpcast, I, I kind of pictured Jack Black, but then you see him and like, oh yeah, he well he that's he looks like what he sounds. Chance Chance looks like his voice. Um, what I pictured for Chance was very close. What I pictured for, for Chance was actually um, like Cal Kinane, the comedian. And uh, he doesn't look too dissimilar from that. He doesn't have the beard. Um, but otherwise, uh, that, was, that was oddly uh, close. Um, but then there's other people who do not look at all like what I had pictured. Um, uh, Steve, uh, despite being red-haired, they, they talk about themselves being red-haired. Uh, he doesn't look at all. Like what I pictured, extreme uh, looks extremely different from uh, what I pictured for him. So you just never know. Like you, just, like you don't have a lot of clues to go on unless people talk about the way they look. And other than being gingers, uh, you know, we don't tend to do that. So I'd be curious to know, uh, and not just to satisfy my own vanity. And you know, maybe I'm really asking for something here, but I'm going to hold the contest, the first ever contest on the Siggy Lama Show. Starring Sigmund Lamar. What picture do you get if you haven't met me? Well, okay, we'll do two categories. The categories, if you haven't met me, you don't know what I look like for sure. You have no photographic evidence. What picture you have in your head uh, when you listen to the program? For funsies, I'll also accept entries from people who obviously know what I look like, but 
um, still want to participate. So there'll be two categories. Uh, send in your entries. Uh, we'll call this uh, the Guess What Siggy Looks Like contest. Uh, you can send in uh, uh, pictures, drawings, uh, uh, police sketches. Uh, they can even be textual descriptions. I'll accept textual descriptions. What does Siggy look like? Uh, send them to me uh, by email. You can send me email f- for this or anything. Uh, Siggy Lama. It's S-I-G-G-Y-L-L-A-M-A. It's on the logo. Just read the logo. At gmail.com. Uh, you can tweet me at Twitter. I'm, I'm Siggy Lama on there, too, with an at sign in front, because that's how you do it. Um, you know, Feel free to send it as a private message if you don't want anyone stealing your great idea. But I will post the winners on Twitter, especially if they're pictographic in nature. Um, I really ought to get one of those Facebook groups. I, I really got to learn how to do that. Um, I'm sure it's not hard to do. I just need to like, sit down and remember to do it. That's the hard part. Can someone teach me how to remember to do it? Uh, anyway, send in your entries. First ever contest. The prize will be, uh, I don't know. It'll be something cool. I'll, um, you know, something special just for you. And, uh, and I'll, I'll share I'll share in whatever way I can uh, the best entries. So um, there you go. Let's put this to bed. Let's put me to bed. It's too late. I need to go to sleep. Uh, Here, that's it. Play us out. And thank you for your kind attention. This has been the Siggy Lama Show. Hey, aren't I the one who's supposed to say thank you for your kind attention? That's how I sign off these things. We really need to have a meeting to discuss how we end these podcast episodes. Are we supposed to have a segment called post-game sequence? We were so proud of ourselves for coming up with that last time. Here's also where I tell you how to contact us, but they did that already for me too. Well, I'll do it again. Email us at sigilama at gmail.com or tweet us at sigilama. That's the Twitter handle. Oh, when Sigmund told you that he went to bed Saturday night, the top-ranked Chaos Pact coach in the United States failed to mention that he's still the number one Chaos Pact coach in the United States. That's quite an accomplishment. Worth mentioning yourself instead of leaving it for me to do it, don't you think? It's like I'm just here at the end of the episode cleaning up messes, saying whatever they forgot to say. Anyway, this has been and continues to be a Happy Panic production. Come on, showtime's over. We've got work to do.
maybe even two, plus a few multicolored fireflies we're going to make. Mooks do. Taste it, it sure is delicious. Maybe it needs a twist of lemon peel. Taste it, it sure is nutritious. One of our favorite kinds of ghastly, ghostly dishes. Look it up, stir it all the time because you must make sure it's savored through and through. Top it off with chocolate flavored bumblebees and what have you got? Spook stew. Twist of lemon peel. Taste it, it sure is nutritious. One of our favorite kinds of ghastly, ghostly dishes. Cook it up, stir it all the time because you must make sure it's savored through and through. Top it off with chocolate flavored bumblebees and what have you got? Spook stew. There! <laughs> all finished! It's very nice of you to go to all that trouble, but I'm afraid that people don't eat the same things as we do. They like cake and ice cream, right? Right! Well, we'll have that later. Come along, boys and girls. We have other visits to make. Goodbye, witches and ghosts. We'll see you later. Goodbye! 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 Goodb